Yeah, just welcomed everyone here as well. So if you don't know me, my name's Tim. Um, and yeah, just want to sort of acknowledge, I suppose, just to start with, before we get into Colossians, we're going to go through Colossians for a few weeks. We'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. But um, yeah, this is a bit of an unusual time um, for the church. Uh, it's been an unusual three weeks. Um, some of you guys have been away. Um, probably a lot has happened, and there's probably a lot of you processing um, Dave's resignation um, and still grieving. And I just want to say that's okay. That it's, it's okay to be processing. It's okay to be thinking through. It's, it's okay to be sad that this is his first Sunday when he's not here and it feels different, and, and that's okay. And um, it's okay that there's a bit of anxiety and, and, and uncertainty maybe around the future in terms of change, and that's okay. But we're going we're gonna to trust God, and we're going to pull together, and we're going to allow him to lead us through that and, and to walk through that together and to, to hold each other gently, to encourage each other, to be kind to each other, to love each other. And I, I thought just to do that, going through Colossians, talking about transitioning together and talking really about how we can pray in this season um, is, is really what we need right now. I think, um, yeah, there's this, this sense of we need to process and walk through together. But there's also this sense of there's, there's a new season coming and, and that, that there's a new um, there's time to pull together and seek what God wants for the future and, and develop what that might look like and to really seek him and, and to come together in that because um, we've had a lot of change and, and we're having more change coming up like Janelle's leaving in September so it's coming up soon and, and Luke's leaving at the end of the year as well so there, so there is like the sense of moving to a new season and really needing to seek God for what that looks like and what that is um, and I, I really feel like that that's that kind of is what my role this new role is really targeted on. So it is an interim role. So it's not it's not a senior pastor. It's an interim role. It's till Christmas. Um, so it's about five months or so. We're looking for a new senior pastor, um, and uh, the the role is focused around teaching. So I'm going to take responsibility for for this teaching ministry to really um, still build in in terms of discipleship, keep following Christ, grow together, keep this vision going. But, but also to lead through transition and say, how can we facilitate this next few months and, and pull together and seek God, pull together what is his will, what does he want, what, what, what does the next season look like, and work towards developing a vision for that. And, and like Ian was saying, like, we just need everyone to, to pray primarily. And we're going to talk about that, say that we need God, we need him to move, we need his vision, not, not just for us. It's easy for us to get just focused on, on our problems or our needs or issues, but, but for the region, for, for Australia, for the world, we need God to move powerfully. So, so but my role is mainly around, around teaching and transition. Um, and I mean, I feel incredibly honoured um, by the elders to, for them to, to give that to me, um, to trust me to do that. So I really appreciate that. Um, and, and even like Dave said when he announced his resignation a couple of weeks ago, right? Like he said, the church is not based on a person. We don't look to a person. And he said that as he was leaving. And I said that as I'm starting. I'm not going to fix everything. I'm not the savior. I'm just a guy who just turned 30. I have a lot of weaknesses. I have a lot of fears. I have a lot of my own things. But God's grace is sufficient. And, and I guess just an encouragement to you as an encouragement that's been for me recently is I've just been so aware of God's grace and God's power and God's abundant provision for me over the last few weeks, just in so many little things, just even in all this is happening leading to taking this role, just just... So much grace and love from him. Um, and, and just being, I just feel so encouraged that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. So, so let's look to him 
don't look to me, but I feel like he has allowed me and prepared me for this role to, to, to serve him in that as well. Um, but I would really appreciate any prayer that you can give. I need him greatly. Um, but I'm excited about the future and excited about this next season and, and pulling together and seeking God for what that looks like. Um, so all that to say, I thought it would be good for us to spend some time in Colossians and to really think through um, prayer and what we can pray into. Um, we're going to do this for, for a few weeks, maybe four weeks, maybe five weeks, and kind of not, not heavy teaching, almost kind of using the, the scriptures to, to sort of just take some good encouragement and then sort of just apply it almost a little bit more devotionally to us and think how can we pray through that. So I might just pray and then we're going to just be really simple today, like th- simple 3.7 and let's just sort of um, transition together as we go through. So let's pray. Father, just thank you that, that you are so, so, so good and that you are way greater and way better than we could ever imagine and you really are that good God. Even when there's, there's, there's troubles and difficulties, God, we choose to believe you and your grace and your love. And we just ask um, in this next season that you would draw us together as your people here in Kalanga at Rivers. And Lord, I just ask that you'd speak through me now, um, just bring encouragement from this word that Paul wrote thousands of years ago, that you were speaking through him, Lord, would you speak through me um, and bring this encouragement in your name, we pray. Amen. Cool. So yeah, so we're going to cover quite a fair bit of text as well. So we're just going to kind of just just sort of skip over the surface. These verses, we could go deep, deep into them. There's so much to cover. And as I was studying this this week, I was like, how are we going to summarize this? But I think we've pulled it together. Okay, so let's just start from the start. So Colossians 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. Like Paul's the same, right? Paul's saying, like, I'm only here because of Jesus. Jesus has given me this job to do. It's all about Jesus. To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. This is a letter that that the Holy Spirit was speaking through Paul to this church at Colossae. And this is cool that he says it's like they're in this city, right? But they're also in Christ. They're in Christ in this city. And and this is, we're sort of just drawing some direct connections to us, but we are here, we are the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Kalanga. Like, like we're sort of just in Kalanga, in Brisbane. It's like, this strange, but we're we in Christ. Like, this is Christ's place. This is his church. We are his saints. And there's this spiritual reality that, that, that is there. And Paul says to them, and the word says to us, grace and peace from God our Father. Paul says, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So Paul starts this letter to this church, and the first thing he does is tells them what he's praying for them for. And he's, the first thing he's doing is thanking God for them. And he's not thanking God for, for buildings or for programs. or for things. He's thanking God for the spiritual work that's done in their hearts of their faith in Christ of their love for each other, of the hope in heaven. And, and um, that this, is, this is evident in this church that the Spirit has produced those things. He then keeps going and, and, and thanks them for the, the, the ministry of the gospel that's come out of Colossae. It says, Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing. It's like this message about Jesus is going out everywhere as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, 
just as you learnt it from Epaphras, our beloved faithful fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, as made known to us your love in the Spirit. I think in the same way that Paul is, is thanking them, thanking God for the, for the faith and the love and the hope that's in Colossae, he's thanking them for the ministry of the gospel that's going out, it's going out of Colossae. I think the first thing that we can do to, to transition, to come together, is to just to really thank God for his church. To thank God, not, not, not just for Rivers, but for Rivers Church. And again, which is not primarily the place, it's us as a community. And, and it's a community that's been going for decades. And to thank God for this, this community of beloved, faithful brothers and sisters in Christ that God has worked in. To spend some time, maybe even today, maybe even this week, and look around and, and see the work that God has done in people's hearts. That God has done powerful things here. I mean, I, I've grown up here the last 13, 12, 13 years. God has done powerful stuff in me here. I'm so thankful to him for There's There's many of you that, that have been impacted by God in this place through the love that is by the Spirit. That there is a spiritual reality here that God is at work, that God has done so many good things. And the first step, I think, is just to pray and to be thankful and to thank God for Dave and for his ministry and for his love. And, and to, when, especially through the grief, to continually thank God for him, to thank God for the leadership in the church here, to thank God for the elders and the deacons and the staff and the people that he's given us and to thank God for each other and, and all the things that go on just during the week, like the little acts of love and service that I don't even know about, but there's just so much abundance of that in this place that's not necessarily even seen, but just faithful week-to-week -week love and service because it's really easy to see the problems, right? And it's really easy to, to complain. And it's really easy to, to think, well, if it was just, it needs to be better in this way, or things need to be better in that way. But the right posture to take is a posture of thankfulness, to actually thank God that he's given us a fellowship, that he's given us a community, that he's given us each other. And that, that actually, it's in the thankfulness for that. With, with, with all the issues and all the problems, like every, every church will have them, it, like, th th there's no perfect church, right? But, but the thing is to be thankful. Bonhoeffer, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a really good book called Life Together. It's, it's quite small. It's just about Christian fellowship and Christian community. And, and this is one of the big things he says. It's like the, the, the most important thing is, is not to have some amazing vision of, of community and Christian brotherhood and the ideal we're all just going to love, love each other and get along. It's just going to be awesome. Like, that's not the place to start. The place to start is just to be thankful that for the reality of the spiritual community that God's given us, no matter what the state of it. This is what he says. The more thankfully we daily receive what is given to us, the more surely and steadily will fellowship increase and grow from day to day as God pleases. Christian brotherhood is not an ideal which we must realize. It is rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. So Paul is talking to Colossians, right? He's talking about their love in the Spirit. This, this love is a reality because we each have the Spirit of Christ in our hearts. Bonhoeffer goes on, The more clearly we learn to recognize that the ground and strength and promise of all our fellowship is in Jesus Christ alone, the more serenely shall we think of our fellowship and pray and hope for it. We realize again that, that we primarily are not a group of people that just in our organization or that meet in a building each week. We primarily are a group of people bound together by our common 
faith and love in Jesus, by a common spirit that lives in us. And that there's actually, it's, he talks in this book, it's actually like, like most human relationships are direct, right? like you have direct connection. But in the church, in spiritual relationships, all our connections and relationships are through Christ. Christ is the one that connects us together. And therefore, we love each other because we love Christ. We, we, we are patient for each other by the power of Christ. It's not, it's not direct. It's through and in Christ. And the first step, the first way thing to, to move forward to transition together is to just have that attitude of thankfulness. Thank you, God, for this community that you've placed me in. Thank you for the love, the faith, the hope that is present here. And we look to our hope again, and our hope is not a, an awesome church that lots of people come to. Like, our hope is heaven. Like, we're looking forward to the day Jesus returns and his kingdom comes in full. And the church is here for the sake of the kingdom, not, not to have a good church, but for Jesus' kingdom to come, for his will to be done. That's the goal. That's the purpose. This is a vessel. This is a vehicle for that. So we start, as we transition together, just with thankfulness in prayer. Paul then keeps going, and he starts to actually pray specific things for them. So he's prayed prayers of thanks. Now he starts to pray prayers of intercession or asking. But this is what he prays. He says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So again, it's interesting what Paul's praying for. Paul's praying for them to know God's will. He's praying for their spiritual understanding and wisdom. And not just that they would know it, but that they would do it, that they could live it, that they can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. Again, that this, the, the, the good news, this would bear fruit. And through that, then would increase more in the knowledge of God. It's just interesting. I was reading one guy this week who said, it. this sounds circular, but it's not circular. It's, it's more spiral. It's this idea that we, we, he's praying that they would know God's will, which is not just that they would like know what to do next, but they would know God's heart. They would know God's desire. They would know what God is interested, what God is prioritizing. And as they know that, they would be able to do it, which is living in, in holiness and faithfulness to him, which is like going down the spiral. And as they do that and live in more holiness and faithfulness to him, they get to know him more and there's more knowledge of him, which leads to knowledge of his will, which leads to obedience more. And it's this constant spiral of growth. And that's what Paul's praying for them. Again, again it's, it's, it's their, their focus on God and his will to seek him, spiritual wisdom, understanding, faithfulness in living, knowledge of God. And I think that's such a great thing for us to be praying for in this time, to, to maybe not even start necessarily with our needs, although we, we, do, we do pray for our needs, but primarily start with, God, what do you want? What is your will? What is your heart? Would you reveal it to us? What is your heart for this place, for Kalanga, for Australia? Would you give us understanding, spiritual wisdom and understanding and help us to do it, help us to live it out? And as we do that, we'll know him more and see who he is more. Paul then continues this prayer and, and emphasizes that they can only do this by God, by his power. He says it's being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance in the saints of light. So he prays those first things, but then he prays that they need the strength and the power to do that from God. That is his glorious might. They need endurance and they need patience. And that's from God. 
And again, this is what we need, right? We need His power. This is what Dave preached last week, which was so good, that, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. If the apostles needed it, we need it. Like if they needed it for boldness, we desperately need it. We need to pray and be strengthened with God's power. We need endurance, right? Right now we need patience with each other. And we need God's grace and help to that. And in the midst of that, continually giving thanks. So we say transitioning together, the second point, first point is, is to pray thankfully and to say thank you for, for his church. Second is to pray for his will and for his power. At the same time, pray for our needs as well. And again, it's easy to, to have felt needs. It's easy to, to see the problems. And it's easy for the first step to want to be to fix. Or it's easy for the first step to want to look to our own strength. But the better thing to do is to recognize we can do nothing. We can't do it. But he has an abundance of provision and supply, and we can seek him for it. Um, I don't know if some of you guys have seen this the other, the other week, a couple of weeks ago, some of us watched the movie The War Room, uh, which is a pretty cool Christian movie about prayer. Uh, we watched, just watched it as our home group. And um, it was good. It's just this movie about this, this lady who's having major marriage problems, and instead of, she, she met a lady, another lady who encouraged her, instead of trying to fight and fix the problem, turn to God and ask God to do it, and that's the battle. The battle is not to fight your husband, but the battle is to come to God and let him do the work, let God take over, and we step back. And I thought it was such a good illustration of prayer, that, that prayer is like, we, the battle is actually not ours, it's God's. And our job is to come to him. Our job is to get out of the way. Our job is to call down the provisions of heaven, to ask him to step in, to ask him to break in, ask him to do what only he can do, and acknowledge that we can't do it. And actually saying we can't do it is a good place to start. Um, there's a, the parable that Jesus tells about the, the friend who goes to another friend at midnight and pesters him in wanting provision. And Andrew Murray, who's written some amazing stuff on prayer, talks about that. So I want to read you this quote from him. He says this, Which of you shall have a friend at midnight and shall say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. This friend is none other but our God. Do let us learn that in the darkness of midnight, at the most unlikely time and in the greatest need, when we have to say of those we love and care for, I have nothing to set before them, we have a rich friend in heaven, the everlasting God and Father, who only waits to be asked aright. Let us confess before him our lack of prayer. Let us admit the lack of faith, of which it is the proof, is the symptom of a life that is not spiritual, that is yet all too much under the power of self and flesh and the world. Let us, in the faith of our Lord Jesus, who spoke this parable and himself waits to make every trait of it true in us, give ourselves to be intercessors. To come, this is time to come and to pray and realize God has what we need. We don't have it. The thing to do is to ask him for it because he has abundant supply his grace is sufficient. We need him to move, but in order to do that, we need to pray. So as we transition together, this is we're thanking God for his church and what he has done in this fellowship. We're praying for his will and for his power. This is how Paul starts that letter to Colossians, thanking God for them, praying for them, telling them he's constantly praying for them. But then this, this letter in this passage that you would have noticed as John read it out, it really just like skyrockets and lifts and this passage just goes into this amazing description of Jesus. And I'm just going to read this out in full, and then we'll just go through and just make a few comments on it. But it's just this beautiful passage of Scripture. So as we go, Paul, Paul's been praying, and then he's been thanking, and then this is where he goes. He says, He has delivered us 
from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. You've probably heard that passage before. It's this beautiful description of just how exalted and powerful and preeminent Jesus is. And I think a huge thing we can do in this transition is focus our attention on him. Focus our attention on Christ. Right? We're a church of Christ. Like, this is about Jesus. He is the center. It's all about him. And as we just go through this again, we realize that the, the truth of the good news of the gospel is that we have been delivered from the domain of darkness, from the power of evil. He's taken us out of that and placed us in his kingdom. He's redeemed us. We have forgiveness of sin. And this Jesus is the creator. God created the world through him. Jesus was there at the beginning Jesus is over everything in heaven and earth, visible, invisible. Sometimes I had this, I've read this so many times before, but it sometimes just hits you a little bit more. We were studying this the other day at home group and, and I was just reflecting on Jesus, the image of the invisible God. It's like sometimes God can just feel so, so big and mysterious and, and you can't see him. But, but we can see him, right? Like if you want to know what God's like, we just look at Jesus, like God has been revealed to us in Jesus, and he is the creator. More than that, though, he is the, 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 the first in the new creation. Jesus is the creator, and he's the firstborn from the dead. He is the one who's bringing the new creation. He is the head of the church. God dwells in him. He's reconciling heaven and earth. He's like cosmic themes. At the same time, then, this Jesus is the one who's actually worked in us here in Kalenga, like he worked in them in Colossae, to redeem them, to reconcile them. Like he has transferred us from the kingdom of evil to the kingdom of light. He's forgiven us. We're now being made holy and blameless and above reproach. And he calls us to continue in this, to be stable and steadfast and faithful in our faith, to hold to him and to keep going. And that, that's who Jesus is, right? Like, like in this season, I think as we transition, the temptation is, is to get consumed with, with us here. And the thing to do instead is to look up and realize who Jesus is, that, that he's the Lord of all the earth, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that he's the Lord of Kalanga, right? that he's, he's moving and doing things in the earth, and, and we are a part of that, but, but we're just one part of that. 
and that God's kingdom is coming and working and advancing. So as we transition together, we focus our attention on him, on Jesus, center on him. There's a great Martin Lloyd-Jones quote. I'm quoting lots of old guys today. I've got a, I've got a new guy later on. But um, <laughs> this is Martin Lloyd-Jones, another old guy. He's a great guy. I've, I quoted this earlier in the year, and I just love this quote. So I just want to read this again. You and I can never doubt while we look at him, that's Jesus, and are clear about him. Without him, we are utterly hopeless. It does not matter how long you've been in the Christian life. You're dependent on him for every step. Without him, we can do nothing. We can only conquer our doubts by looking steadily at him and by not looking at them. The way to answer them is to look at him. The more you know him and his glory, the more ridiculous they will become. So keep steadily looking at him. And I think that's so important as you transition, that we look at Jesus we realize that he's, he's got this. He's not, he's not surprised. He'll lead us through. He has a plan. He's got, he's got abundant supply and abundant grace, and we can trust him. So I really encourage, encourage you, as we, as we think through this together, especially over the next few weeks, to really pray. Thank God. Thank God for what he's done in this place in the past. Pray for what he's doing in the future. Pray for a spiritual growth and development in him and focus our attention on Christ. To finish off, and then, then, then we'll pray, I do have a quote from, from a younger guy. So th- th- these guys, those guys that I quoted though, like massive men of God that God moved powerfully through. Bonhoeffer, Andrew Murray, massively. Um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, massively. And it's easy to just look to the past and say, God moved in the past, but, it, but it's not happening now and sort of not believe that it can happen now. But it, but it can happen now. And we need God to move not just for us or not just here, but for the world and for this region, for this nation. Um, even like some of the stuff that's gone on the last few weeks, like Dave did that, that, that terrible, tragic funeral this week. We heard about other stuff that's happened in our area this week. Just There's evil in the world and, and we need Jesus. Jesus is the answer to it and his kingdom is the answer to it. And there's these guys that I've been following um, I've been quoting, this guy is John Mark Comer, and, and he's got this podcast that he's running with, with a guy, Mark Sayers, in Melbourne, another guy, um, Paul Pete Hughes in King's Cross, and they've got these young churches who are in incredibly post-Christian, progressive cities, and, and God is doing stuff, and God is moving, and all these guys are saying, we're crying out to God for him to move again. We're crying out to God for revival. We, we need God to move. That is the answer. It's just his power, his presence, his spirit. And that, that there's actually momentum around this. And actually for us to, to enter into that and to pray and to seek him for a move of God as well. This is what John Mark Comer says. I might just I'll pray after this and then, then we'll take communion. This is what he says. What if the future of the church in the West, in a London, in a Portland, in a Melbourne, in wherever, in Kalanga, What if it's not tips and techniques? What if it's not a brand? It's not a personality. It's not a style. It's not a genre. It's not even a strategy. What if the future is a desperate hunger for God, a cry of prayer? What if we just came and prayed, really sought him to move, to come again, to break in in power? I'm going to pray. Then we're going to to take communion. 
um, together and, and, and respond to that. Um, like, like Ian mentioned, those prayer times, I really encourage you to, to come to prayer times if you can. We're going to think about making some other options available soon as well. But even just in your own time at home, just know that your time in prayer is powerful and, and valuable and is, is the battle. That's where the battle's at. And this is really important in this season. Um, just before I pray, I didn't get to have any um, communion helpers lined up. So is anyone happy to jump up and help hand out communion? That'd be awesome. Thanks very much. All right. I might pray. Maybe, Chris, if you want to play a little bit, we'll do that. Father, we just thank you for all the good things you give us, Lord. And thank you so much for Rivers. Thank you for this community of, of believers, God, that have been faithful for decades. Father, thank you for the good work that you've done here in the past, God, that you're doing here right now. Thank you for the faith and the love and the hope. Thank you for the gifts, God. Thank you for your provision, abundant provision for us, God, in the past and right now, Lord. Thank you so much for your love and grace that you've shown to us abundantly. And Father, we pray that you would give us knowledge of your will. God, would you give us spiritual wisdom and understanding and an ability to follow you and live worthy of you, Jesus? Would you give us greater knowledge of you and would you show us what you want, Lord, especially in this next season, Father? We pray, Father, for a new senior pastor, God. We pray um, for a vision for the future and what you want, Lord. And we pray that you would lead us in and through this transition and unite us together in love by your spirit, by your power, God, supernaturally, God, patience, love, kindness, grace, forgiveness, encouragement that you would bring by your power, by your spirit. And Jesus, we just look to you. Would you lift our eyes to you? Would we see you and just, just how great you are and that you are right here and that you are with us and you are the Lord of glory. You are the King of heaven. You, you are the one who has risen from the dead. You walked this earth and now you're alive and you're at work, Jesus. So we look to you and worship you and just ask that you would unite our hearts together in prayer and in love for you. So we just commit ourselves to you in this next season, Jesus, and say we desperately need you and we love you. And Father, would you just meet us now as, as we take communion, as we share this together as a family? Would you just meet us and, and would we just in, know that you're here with us, that you're alive, that you're here? We just thank you for your grace in your name. Amen.